Welcome to the Learning is Changeless, the web series where I get to tackle all of the things that I would like to learn how to change in education in order to create an engine for authentic learning. Today, I'd like to talk about games, but not gamification. Gamification I find to be really troubling because we end up injecting game elements into learning experiences that were not meant to have them. Um, they're sort of a, an add-on or, or after the fact. And you end up with these terrible outcomes like um, rewarding kids for doing things that they would do anyway. Um, and making everything about that reward system and making it an end extrinsic uh, learning experience rather than intrinsically motivated learning experience. Um, or, or, you know, you're focused so much on the game that the learning becomes an afterthought. Um, those kinds of things that gamification not interested in. And I would love to change that in education. What I want to be thinking about is creating games and using play as a function of the way in which we learn. And one of the biggest inspiration stories for me in this, it comes from Kane's Arcade. And if you haven't seen it, um, I'll link it down below. Um, but I want to give you an excerpt and, and talk a little bit about what's going on in it so you know about it. So that's what this looks like. Kane's Arcade is about a boy who takes all of the cardboard boxes out of his father's auto shop. And he creates an arcade out of them, complete with prizes and tickets. And the thing to me that is most interesting is what he learns out of this process. Sure, he has fun doing it, but he actually uses all of the tools that are at his disposal, all of the things that are around him to create these experiences, including calculators in order to figure out how to make a square root function that will test out his multi-pass uh, <laughs> that people can use uh, in order to play his games. And he figures out each one in a process, right? Each one is more sort of fantastical and amazing than the last one, you know, going from the individual shooter game with a basketball into something that's more intricate. And he has this pride in it. And uh, when this filmmaker finds him and sort of finds this experience, he wants to provide something for him. So he gets all of these people to come and to visit his arcade. And that experience of having created something handcrafted for this new audience of people and sort of figuring out what it is that each one needs to have as a relationship with him as the creator, that is amazing. And so as he's constructing these, he has an audience in mind, but until they are sort of taken, until people actually play them, he doesn't know if these games work. He doesn't know if it's just in his own head that they are powerful, but they are indeed powerful, and they are something to be marveled at, and I think that's the power of Kane's Arcade as a story and as a construct. And from that inspiration of Kane's Arcade, you get this concept of handmade games, that anybody can create an experience that is intrinsically motivating. Anybody can create an experience that takes you out of where you are, places you into a game where you are challenged and where you, where you are um, learning something, but doing it as a part of this handmade experience, right? And I think to me that's the thing that is so engaging is that I handmade this experience for you out of cardboard and, <laughs> and out of my imagination. And I think that making those objects is really exciting. And I want to show you uh, a space where people are making these kinds of games but doing it also with the idea of learning.
And so um, I stumbled across this. Um, Michael Smith is the, the guy who has created an arcade for education, um, but out of these cardboard handmade experiences. And so that's what I'd like to change, is, uh, is I want to have more handmade experiences. I want to create more games that are handmade for one another. And they don't have to be cardboard, and they don't have to be without computers, because one of these examples is going to be with, uh, with a computer. But the idea is that I made this for you, this learning experience for you, and it is something that is only contained in this particular space because we have made it together and that you and I are in a relationship within this game as creator and someone who is playing playing the game. So I want to think through the implications of this, this concept, right, of, of hand-making a learning experience uh, or hand-making a game for someone else. And, uh, and I want to show you these three examples, um, but uh, I'll let them speak for themselves, and you can comment or join the Google Plus community um, and, and check out what kinds of learning you can hand make for someone else. No way! Whoa! Come on! Oh, right in the middle. Okay, but what? what? The pie a half. All right. Okay, good. What percent does that equal? 50%. So try to get the jack into the cup. Oh, so close. Numbers are falling from the top of the screen, and before they hit the bottom, you have to add them together. And uh, as you move along, the, the numbers uh, fall faster and faster, causing you to add them up faster and faster in your head. And and how much how much time do you have? You have ten chances to get it wrong. But it oh, there's no timer. Right, you just have ten lives. It's called multi pop. You can see it. You spin the wheel and you think what times what gives me the number on the wheel. You're supposed to pop all the possible combinations, and you have 30 seconds to do it. So what what grade level is this for, you think? This would be probably, I would say, for all possible combinations, I'd give it to a third grade class.